the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is brought to you by Christy Stratton, accredited divorce coach. So many people are affected by divorce at some point in their lives. It can be a lonely and challenging time of life, but it doesn't have to be. Whether you or a loved one is considering divorce, going through it, or coming out of it, the Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton is here to be your go-to educational, informational, and inspirational resource for those touched by divorce. Christy has been there, and now she's here to walk the path with you as a certified divorce coach and as your thinking partner. Her guest will bring you important insight and information, helping you make better decisions through and beyond the process, inspiring you to be your best self for you and your family, all giving you hope and reassurance that you'll be okay. The Divorce Coaching Hour with Christy Stratton starts now. And here's your host, Christy Stratton. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Divorce Coaching Hour. If this is the first time you're joining us, a very warm welcome to you. And if you are back with us again this week, a very warm welcome to you, too. I am so happy you all are listening. As you may know, this show is for those considering a divorce, in the midst of it, coming out of it, and also for friends and family of those divorcing, because it can be an overwhelming life event for everyone involved in any way, shape, or form. We're not here to coach you to get a divorce. Some people think we are when you hear the divorce coaching hour, but we're not. And we're not here to give you legal advice. What we are here to do is walk the path with you, no matter where it may lead. And you know what? If this show leads you to decide to not the divorce, well, then we've done our job well. We'll continue to explore this topic and in, in various episodes. And in fact... What we are talking about today, I believe in large part, speaks to saving marriages. My guests and I are here to help you make better decisions during this time and beyond, actually, to provide you information and resources, to give you ideas about how to be your best self in a time that can bring out your worst, and to give you hope. Friends, I am so very excited to share with you that Pastor Eric Huffman of the Story Church in Houston is here with us today. I've been wanting to have Pastor Eric on the show for some time, and now he's here and in person. <laughs> Isn't it nice? I'm excited to be here. Yeah, Coach I'm Christy. so glad. I've, uh, I've A friend of mine connected me to the story. We had gone to another uh, church, Guy right. Mahaffey. Yep. And I... Uh, My guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good guy. Mm. We could probably go on with that. We could. We'll just give a shout out to Guy. Hopefully he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I really thought your messages were fresh um, truthful and Bible based. Uh, and that's, well, thank you. yeah, that's what we go for. Uh, that good. Yeah. It's easier <laughs> said than done, but we like to keep it simple. Yeah. And, and so, uh, recently in the, you know, last year you did a series on uh cross shaped Christianity yep. and legacy and, 
and masculinity. We did. Yeah. And uh, when I heard that, I just knew I, I, I had to reconnect and speak to you because it's something and, and listeners, I hope you you get this. Uh, it's something I know there's something here yeah. to discuss. Uh, I've not necessarily been able to figure it out. I don't know that it's for me to figure out. That's mm-hmm. why I have you on the yeah. show. Well, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> no but pressure. to talk about this, this masculinity yeah. situation yeah. in our culture, in our society, I did a series last year, about eight shows on men and divorce. Mm-hmm. And I spoke to, um, uh, if I remember now, uh, a counselor who worked specifically with men and uh, men and divorce men in counseling. We spoke probably three, four shows spoke to Richard Mendelow host of courageous Christianity about masculinity and courageous Christianity for men and really tried to explore this, whether you call it crisis in masculinity, toxic masculinity. And then I heard your sermon and I said, Mm -hmm. you know what? This is what we need. So I'm so excited for you to be on the show for many reasons. And that's definitely one of them. And that is the topic folks that we're going to be talking about. But obviously this is called the divorce coaching hour. So we're going to bring it in and we're going to look at it up against marriage and divorce. It's my goal that with this show that you will gain awareness about this topic and how it's affecting marriages, I contend that this crisis is a factor that leads to the breakdown of marriages and hence divorce. Mm -hmm. And so before we get started, uh, Pastor Eric, would you pray for us? Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you. Uh, Lord, we thank you for this chance to talk about these important topics. And these are things that are so heavy and uh, have have such incredible consequences um, for us in our lives. And for everybody listening right now, uh, regardless of what stage of life or marriage or divorce that they're in, I pray for peace and understanding, open ears and hearts to whatever your spirit might be saying to us about our present situation. So we thank you again for this chance. And I thank you for Coach Christie and her voice as well. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. You know, it is a heavy topic. Yeah. Um, we try to lighten it up sometimes here uh, because yeah. I say you can have levity even with a serious topic, but there are times when we do need to turn to it. And it was interesting. I had uh, another pastor on the show a couple of weeks ago and our producer, Mike was kind of like, Hey, you don't really have that many pastors on the show. And I said, Hey, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I told him, I didn't know that I really had. And I told the pastor who was on the show that I, I felt like I had a pastor whom I could have this discussion about divorce and Christianity and yeah. whoa, how heavy and complex that is. Yep, and it's messy. It is messy. And to have somebody who was coming from the Bible scripture perspective, but also that heart of understanding is divorce happens. That's right. We don't really, I I often say this, we don't, I don't think we go to the altar to go, Hey, I'm going to get divorced. No, that's right. But it happens. And so I think that leads us, Pastor Eric, to uh, really where we want to go with the show. And so we're we're talking about divorce it happens many factors affect it finances uh, kids life myself when i got divorced i often say i shouldn't have gotten married i didn't really know what marriage was it yeah. was i've learned it outside of marriage i didn't know what intimacy was and i say this mm-hmm. a lot a lot of people kind of are taken back when i say this 
I learned intimacy by being alone wow. with Jesus. Yep. And that's the true intimacy. I think oftentimes they, you know, people hear intimacy and they think sexual intimacy. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that one-on-one deep relationship sure. with Jesus Christ. And so there's a lot of factors Absolutely. that cause divorce. Totally. Right. But masculinity and masculinity being under attack, this toxic masculinity, this crisis masculinity, the sermon Mm-hmm. that you talked about. Help us understand a little bit about this topic, if you will. Yeah, well, thank you. First of all, I, I don't see myself as an expert in masculinity, and my wife would, would back me up on that. <laughs> so it's a little, it, it's not... Well, um, you're you're honest, so that's yeah. good. We like that. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of snickered when I told her I'd been invited to the show to talk about <laughs> masculinity. Um, but I, I do my best. Uh, I am I am versed in scripture, and I do know that Divorce is a messy topic from a biblical perspective. It it always breaks God's heart when a married couple divorces. Right. Um, but we have to couch that in a lot of grace because regardless of how bad um, some of our decisions might be or what the consequences of our of our choices are, God's grace is sufficient to cover Amen. everything. Right. And so whatever I say about divorce, right or wrong, it's it's got to be couched in that reality that Jesus's sacrifice on the cross covered everything. Right. And so if you're listening and you're wondering if I'm going to come with all this preacher judgment, I hope I'm not because I, it's important to me that you know how loved you are. It was interesting to think about this topic though, about masculinity and divorce, because that intersection is not readily clear. No, that's why you're yeah, <laughs> here to help and, me with it. And we'll fi- we'll figure it out. We're going to get there today. But I, I do think that when we talk about the ways masculinity has gone off the rails in our culture, it has affected how how people are dating, how people are falling in love, how people are getting to the altar, how marriages are falling apart, and then also how we are divorcing. And like mm-hmm. you said, divorce happens but when I talk to men who are going through it, I want them, from the moment I speak to them on, I want them to see themselves as as much as possible like Jesus in that situation. How would Jesus respond? Mm, right. And obviously Jesus wasn't married, didn't get divorced, and, and probably wouldn't get divorced. <laughs> I don't know. He's <laughs> Jesus. You, right, yeah. But in that situation, what does it look like to be Jesus to your wife, ex-wife, to your kids? Um, you know, to your to your shared mutual friends um, who have to choose between you now, <laughs> all of those things. What does it mean to look like, act like, and love like Jesus, rather than just chasing your feelings, your resentment, your insecurity? You know, down those dark paths. How can you hit a reset button and be Jesus in this divorce? You know, I think that's really an interesting way to take it. Uh, obviously, wanting to talk about this masculinity, but we this is what we talk a, about on the show a lot mm-hmm. is this is an opportunity for you. You may not want it. Maybe it's thrust upon you, the divorce. Maybe, you know, your spouse is asking you for the divorce. Maybe you're the one that wants it. Right. Maybe you've put years and years and years to so-called trying to make it work, right? Yeah. And, and, but you've gotten to that point and you don't want to make it worse. Like, okay, it's going to end now. So one of the things we talk about is look five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road, right? 
what is this going to do? Is this your opportunity to grow, to come closer to that Jesus, right? Yeah. So I think like men who make that decision, whatever stage of life you're talking about, are more likely to make a better decision that sets you up for longer term relationship success. Right. Whether it's in dating, moving toward an engagement, engagement, moving toward marriage, marriage, even in divorce. I think men who decide to, to be in love like Jesus are setting them and their families up for a greater future. Um, but that means understanding what it actually means to be a man, which is why I suppose I'm here today and we can, yeah. We can dig and into to that. talk about Jesus, him as a man. The and I think we can, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And folks, we're here with uh, pastor Eric Huffman, a story Houston. So excited to be talking to him about masculinity and of course, Jesus stay tuned. There's a lot at stake in a divorce, and you want trusted and specialized counsel. Houston attorney Craig Haston is board certified by the Texas Board of Legal Specialization and has more than 25 years of legal experience. And experience is everything. Craig will help you make the best choices for your family and your future. When divorce seems to be your next step, contact one of the most recognized attorneys in Texas, Craig Haston. To schedule a consultation, call 281-890-1300 or go to HastonLaw.com. If you've gone through or are going through divorce, you know it can leave you in a dark financial hole, feeling very confused and afraid. But there's hope. Her Sermon is a financial coach and works with those navigating the financial decisions of divorce. Whether it's eliminating debt or creating your financial wellness, you want Hirsch on your team. Hirsch's easy process helps you see the reality of your financial situation and make better decisions. Stop the suffering and get out of that financial black hole. Contact Hirsch today. Go to lifecycle.financial. That's lifecycle.financial. You'll be so grateful you did. When you're selling your home, you want to wow people when they see it. Or if you're not selling and want to enhance your enjoyment of the home, consider Simple Elegance. The team at Simple Elegance, led by Mary Scally, are masters at staging homes for sale or helping you design your interior for maximum impact. Do what new home builders do. Call the staging masters, Simple Elegance, at 877-458-8254 and simpleelegancetx.com. Achieving the best outcome in divorce can be extremely tough when alcohol abuse is part of the process, especially around co-parenting. But there's help with remote alcohol monitoring. Soberlink is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to prove their sobriety. Soberlink uses real-time alerts, facial recognition, and tamper detection to ensure accurate and reliable results. With Soberlink, you can be confident that your kids are with a sober parent. For an exclusive $50 off your device and to download a Technologies to Help with Divorce resource guide that I developed with Soberlink, visit soberlink.com backslash DCH. Hi, folks. You're back the Divorce Coaching Hour, and we're talking masculinity today. Now, you might have, uh, hmm, go, wait a second, did I, am I hearing a show over again? Uh, <laughs> the folks on Courageous Christianity were just talking about it, and I hear some similar voices. Well, first, topic is so important that we felt like we needed to talk about it twice, and what an impactful two hours to be talking about this. First, about Courageous Christianity and Masculinity and Men Under Fire with Richard Mindelow on Courageous Christianity. And uh, Eric, Pastor Eric Huffman with the Story Church was uh, our guest on that show. And then t- uh, now, here on the Divorce Coaching Hour, we're talking with Pastor Eric about 
masculinity again, mm-hmm. um, and how that's affecting marriages and hence the crumbling of marriages, uh, i.e. divorce. Yeah. And and where we got was talking about really the the ultimate model of masculinity, and that's Jesus. So mm-hmm. not really going straight at talking about toxic masculinity. We'll look at that and, and what some people call this sure. crisis in masculinity, but Jesus. How was Jesus mm-hmm. the model of masculinity? I bet some people are going, huh? That doesn't yeah. make sense to me. We don't often think about him as the quintessential man. I think we've softened him a lot and, and kind of um, uh, ungendered him somehow. And, and we should in some sense because Jesus is the quintessential human. Right. Right. He's the model for men and women. But how particularly for these purposes today right. is Jesus the model for men? You know, I think, um, first of all, he's a family man start to finish. You know, he is uh, he's raised in a in a family that invests in him and raises him um, to, to know the Lord, um, takes him to temple. You know, he got lost in the temple that time in Jerusalem. Oh, that famous yeah. Story. I forgot that story. <laughs> yeah, he was um, from a young age, apprenticed. On, he, he apprenticed under his father, Joseph, okay. who was a tecton or a builder. And, uh, or a carpenter, you might have heard. And, and so Joseph taught Jesus the family trade, and Jesus presumably worked his tail off for most of his young adult years, from 12, which is the last time we hear about his childhood in the Bible, until 30 or so, when he begins full-time um, ministry and mission. So between 12 and 30, we can assume safely that Jesus was working every day, manual labor, um, you know, like a man did. And so he worked hard. He uh, stayed true to his family, even till the point of death, when he made sure his mama was taken care of. Right, Remember? yeah. On the mm-hmm. cross, he's in yeah. agony. What's he, what's he thinking about? His mom. He's thinking about his mom. Right. And these kinds of ideas are fundamentally what I think is helpful to think about when, when we think about godly masculinity. But it's not just that. When we look at Jesus, it's also sacrifice. It's, it's um, selflessness, servitude. You make yourself a slave, even though... Even though you have the power to absolutely dominate people. Right. Physical strength. If anyone ever yeah. had that power. Right. It was yeah. Jesus. Well, yes, of course. Right. And even if you have the ability to do that, you restrain yourself. Right. You don't exert that power unless someone's in danger or there's absolute necessity right. Right. to use that power. You, you are comfortable with self-restraint. And that's something about godly masculinity that we don't often think about. But the guys I know that I look up to the most mm-hmm. are some of the strongest guys physically right. that you'll ever meet. But but they don't need to prove it. Right. You know? That's a big difference. Yeah. Right. They, they don't need to prove it. They don't need to prove it every day. They just walk confidently, but not with arrogance, you know, right. that kind of thing. And that is the best manifestation of what I think God's original design for men was we have these biological realities that science tells us about the male brain you right. know that's yeah. different it's just right. different it's just different i like to say brain. it's difference just different difference not wrong that's right it's different <laughs> that's right <laughs> we, we, it's right it is we have like uh, this um generally speaking men have a, a better ability of uh at compartmentalizing right yeah and that's god-given and that right. has Rightfully so. Very well. Right. As a as a species. I remember <laughs> back in uh, college, um, and I I think I've always been one who's wondered about things, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm always 
seeking and searching here we are today i'm wondering about masculinity it's not for me to talk about obviously you probably have figured out by now i'm a female um (laughs) yeah i'm on to you (laughs) uh but um i can remember back in college we had somebody come talk to us and um it was on relationships and the person who came in and spoke talked about kind of um this is really going to date me uh (laughs) like a card catalog Right. And not one on the Internet. We didn't have yeah. the Internet. then. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm really not that old. Yeah, it's okay. um, <laughs> but it, you actually went up and there was like a hundred little boxes and you would pull them out and you would pull out a little ID card for the book. That, that that sort of that sort of thing. And they described it that a man's brain, you would go up to this 100 drawer little um, piece and it would be one drawer was pulled out at a time. But if you looked at it and it was the female, like 10 drawers were pulled out at a time. And so, you know, we're we're talking about this masculinity, godly masculinity. So then I'm going to go with God-given masculinity, the ultimate male model of masculinity, Jesus. Eric, you, you mentioned something earlier on Courageous Christianity, and I think you alluded to it. And then you actually said the words, and I believe this now as a woman many years from those days in Mm -hmm. college that when masculinity follows the Bible as God has set it forth, it is beautiful. It is. Yes. Absolutely. 100% beautiful. How have we gone so wrong? Well, I mean, if you take the true North out of the conversation, that's the first, that's the first step um, off the path. And the true North is God. It's it's the objective truth of God that this is, there there is actually a true way to be. And, um, and we should be striving for that. And now we're in a a sort of a postmodern mentality where the true North is, is a forgotten concept. And we're just all, we have our, our own truth. All of us, each of us have our own truth and we're just trying to figure it out. And there's really no true, true that we should all be striving for. And once that happens, then something as beautiful and simple as masculinity can be taken and twisted and made into all sorts of other things by both men and women, frankly. Agreed. Because I don't want to make make it sound like I'm just um, universally defending men as though we're victims of the culture because men have really screwed up. In a lot of ways, we have used power in abusive ways. Um, not all of us, but but some of us, a lot, and enough of us, <laughs> too many of us have used power in abusive ways. We have objectified people. We have objectified women. Um, we have used people. We, I mean, we have used our God-given masculinity and and taken it uh, and perverted it in different ways. But the culture has contributed to this right. and in some ways um the culture that we're living in um inherently kind of despises what we're calling traditional masculinity and you can talk about why and and i know richard and i were talking before right. <laughs> about the spiritual component of this but if there is an enemy who wants to break us down as a culture there it is great way to do it is to go after go right up yeah well and going at the family yeah and the head of that family. Absolutely. And so you're going to you're, you're going to get what you want. And to confuse everything so right. that um, we use the word obfuscation. There obfuscation. it is again. <laughs> it's, it's like, what even is a man? What what is a woman? Are those really different? Are, can, right. Can you be one one day and one the next? It, it takes it, me back to Genesis yeah. and the devil and Eve. Oh, is that? Did God really did say? Did God yeah, really yeah. say? It's his, it's his oldest trick. The yeah. oldest trick in the book. 
And uh, what you end up with, what you start with is this masculinity that is all about um, self-sacrifice, protection, defending your people, um, laying down your life for, for the sake of, and, and we see healthy manifestations of that, you know, for example, in the fact that um, I, don't, I don't even know what percentage of police officers are, I think it's 88% of police officers are, are men today, 96% of firefighters in America are men um by a wide margin men do the most dangerous jobs right and this is all good these are good results of masculinity this is god's we want that and design we should celebrate that we should celebrate that. and for example i mean it's sad but it's true that um in 2015 men accounted for 93 percent of workplace deaths in america Mm. now it's awful and that's not good we should always try to make that better but can you imagine if the number was reversed uh, and if women <laughs> were dying at, at a rate of 93% right. um, compared to 7% of men on the job, there would be like marches. There would the be marches. So, but men do this by God's design, right. willingly. Taking we, the risky jobs, those sorts of things. Yeah. That's the way it should be. But what happens is when, 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 when masculinity gets twisted up and confused is uh you find men growing up not being initiated into these healthy and and godly manifestations right instead they take all of that energy all of that uh god-given um compartmentalization and god-given sex drive and god-given all these other kinds of things that can be good when treated with care right and and they become bad I have another saying, mm-hmm. a confused mind says no. That probably speaks to exactly what it is, but it's when you use the word twisted. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just think about it. When you're twisted up, you, you don't go any place straight. Yeah. And folks, that's what we're talking about. And we're just exploring this topic. I know that there's something here for us to, to understand what's breaking down marriages. And if you do come to divorce, how maybe by learning a little bit about this, you can change the course of the future, not only for your family, uh, but for even men and women for years to come. And we're with uh, Pastor Eric Huffman of The Story Church here in Houston. You guys, come on back. Here's today's two-minute tip. In last week's two-minute tip, I told you about powerful people practices. In my work as an accredited and certified coach, I've discovered what I call powerful people practices. There are 11 of them, and when honed and consistently applied, these are practices that can help you create and make better choices and changes, and I believe can also help you create the life you've dreamed of. Each week, starting this week and for the next 10, I'm going to tell you more about each powerful people practice. Today, we'll focus on the third powerful people practice, What's that? It's that we acknowledge reality. When we get real with reality and honestly admit where we are or what's happening in our lives in a situation like divorce, in a relationship, etc., we can make choices and changes for the better. So here's a bit about powerful people practice number three. We acknowledge reality. We often make assumptions, and those assumptions are frequently incorrect, leading us to take actions that are not in the best interest of ourselves, others, or our futures. They lead us to take steps based on what we think is the reality versus the actual reality. They lead us to act based upon our perceptions. There's a myriad of reasons why we make assumptions. An in-depth look at why is for another time and maybe for another two-minute tip. For now, can we agree that we often take actions and make choices and changes based on our perceptions and that those perceptions could be wrong? 
The next time you assume what you perceive as reality, what would it be like if you paused for a moment and checked with yourself about what is really going on? That reality. Maybe even ask yourself, is what I think going on reality or only my perception? Just pausing to ask yourself this question to slow down and evaluate can help to reveal the reality. There's a lot more to developing this skill, heightening your ability to acknowledge reality. If you want to know more, reach out to me for a complimentary coaching session where we can explore your perceptions. Email me at Christy at Christy That's Christy at Christy And please keep listening each week for more about powerful people practices and for another two minute tip all to support you or someone you know who is facing or going through divorce. And please share this episode with those who will benefit. Friends, we're back. We're talking masculinity on the Divorce Coaching Hour today with Pastor Eric Huffman of the Story Church here in Houston. So excited to have him not only on this show today, but he was also on Courageous Christianity. So if you missed that, go back and catch the podcast because you're going to want to hear about this. I'm the wingman on that show, and it's just something that um, I've felt is very important to talk about with relationship Mm. to divorce and marriages and relationships. Host of Courageous Christianity, Richard Mindelow, we've talked about it as it relates to Courageous Christianity, you know, and a Marine speaking, you know, there's a little bit of masculinity in there, right? A little bit. And so then when you had that series earlier in the year and talked about masculinity, I was like, okay. You're the, I want, I'm trying to understand this. I don't have the answers. I really want to get to this because I know that if we can share something that opens an eye, Mm -hmm. opens an ear, softens a heart, makes things a little bit more understanding, people can then make the choice to do better. Right. And that's what this show is really about, to inspire, to inform, to provide resources so that people will show up as their best selves as they're considering divorce in the midst of her coming out of it, letting letting this be an opportunity to change the course of a life, mm. a family, a generation, versus it being something that ruins it, right? Yep. Amen. Thank you. And mm-hmm. amen. God, I, I, you know, I often say I wouldn't be a divorce coach if I hadn't gone through divorce. Mm. And so thank you, God, for, I, I praise him for those struggles and yeah. I praise him to be able to come and speak to this topic because I, it's something, there's something there yep. and it's important to talk about. And I'm not afraid of it. And ladies, I'm going to speak to you guys. We're talking masculinity. We are not bashing on men here. Mm-hmm. We're trying to understand what true masculinity is. And to use Eric's word, Pastor Eric's word, how it's gotten all twisted up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, it definitely has. I mean, there's no question that we've lost our way with we masculinity. Have. How do we find our way? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's got to start, uh, you know, from a from a pastor's perspective, it's got to start at the church and in the home. And we're not going to fix everybody. No. And, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how anybody makes marriage work these days, honestly, because there's so many distractions and so much confusion and we're we're all being told that we should look out for ourselves first. Yeah. And uh, no marriage can survive that mentality or that worldview. But the Christian worldview comes along and says, no, nope, no, nope, you're not first. In mm-hmm. fact, you're not second. <laughs> you're, no. You're last. And that's the only way it works um, is when uh, is when men and women decide that I'm going to love this person for their sake and not for my own. 
And it's interesting, some of the data around how people are choosing a spouse and how you know when you've met the one. It's the whole soulmate fallacy. Um, which it is. is. All, it doesn't work. I'm living proof. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you never marry your soulmate. Soulmates are not, you know, you don't marry a soulmate. You make one. You make a soulmate over time. Soulmates are forged. Over time of, of hard times and good times and it's companionship. It's, it's partnership. And one day after many years of, of choosing each other, even if you didn't feel like it, you wake up and you're next to your soulmate. And right. that's a beautiful thing. But but I think a lot of us, a lot of young adults today searching for a partner want someone who won't change them. That's the number one quality that men right now are looking for, apparently, in hmm. women. In a, in a potential spouse, you know, potential wife, is uh, I want a woman who won't change me, which I laugh because that's the whole point of marriage right. and love is to let it change you in some beautiful ways. Um, and- I can see where that gets twisted up because I I could, um, I, I think about another saying I have that I, I gained from years of coaching of myself being coached. Uh, allow others to be exactly who they need to be. Now, there's a there's mm-hmm. a difference in there who they need to be, right? But yeah. to me, um, loving the person for who they are mm-hmm. at their worst, yeah, right. And I could I could see where a lot of people that unconditional love they don't want to be changed. But what I can see on the ups- other side is when you really follow what the Bible says about marriage. And love, loving people in the truth, yeah. in the word, then it's the most amazing love you can ever get to. And it does change. It, it. does. And the, the other side of that phrase is like, God loves every person as they are. If you're listening right, right now, God loves you just the way you are. But he also refuses to let you stay there. Right. And he wants to love you to someplace better. Right. And uh, that's what real love does, is it, it takes you just as you are, but it loves you to someplace better. And uh, I think when we talk about masculinity and, and marriage and divorce, you know, I think in my experience, Christy, I don't want to contradict anything uh, that you would say on this show, but in my experience, the number one cause of breakdown in marriage is resentment. Just re- the slow and steady drip of resentment that, that adds up over time, builds up, and then it's um, it's like the frog in the boiling water or whatever. It's just, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, boom, there it is. It's twisted. Yes, it's twisted. And, and I think the number one cause of resentment is probably unmet expectations. Yeah, I would agree. Like expectations that are unmet, but also that were unspoken. So nobody ever, like, you never told your spouse what you expected. You just expected it. And, and were they real? Were, were they, they not necessarily real, but were they based in reality? Were yes, they Were they even... Realistic Realistic, yes. Yes, and most often they're not because we it, all grew up watching the same except, movies. You know, you know Nicholas like, Sparks movies and stuff. And, and so we have this idea of what love should feel like. Right. And as long as you feel it, you're in love. Yeah. And the minute you don't feel it, what's happening? We've lost it. We're, we're not in love anymore. So it's interesting you say that, and I speak about this a ton on the show, the think-feel-act cycle. Yeah. And we we don't... I've done a lot of studying through some of the, the classes that I um, teach, and I've even done 
exercises where I try to get people to um, kind of understand what's going on even from body language. And what I've learned over the years is that people don't realize that their reactions are coming from a feeling, but that what they really don't realize is that it's a thought mm. that started before the feeling. Wow. And so the movies, as you're talking about, have told us, you know, I often laugh and say hearts and, you know, unicorns now, right? <laughs> and puppy dogs. And we yeah. think it's all this romantic stuff. And I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Sure. I used to. But as a woman who went through a divorce, tore me up, yeah. right? But been slowly understanding what real love is and that th- it's not about the feeling. Because sometimes the feeling's not going to be very good. No, that's right. That's right. <laughs> right? Then what? If, then if what? that's what love is for you, then what do right. you even have? And, but it's, it's a choice. Mm-hmm. It's what you're thinking on a daily basis. And so when we go back and I hear you say unmet expectations, challenge your thinking around those expectations. Is that realistic to expect your guy mm-hmm. or your wife, your woman, mm-hmm. man or woman to be what you see on the TV? No, they're a human being. And oh, by the way, they're not Jesus. That's right. That's right. So yeah. I can see where it all gets twisted. Totally. I remember on my wedding day um, in 1999, I got married at 20 years of age and in my wife, uh, 20 years of age as well. Wow. And we weren't pregnant or anything just in case. You're okay. Wondering, <laughs> I guess you got to say that. Um, my dad was our officiant. He's a pastor. And, um, and I remember him turning around to me in like that little back room that the groom and pastor come out of before right. the wedding. Yeah. Um, and as the family is being seated, at my wedding, he turns around and puts his hands on my shoulders and he says, son, are you sure? There's still time. <laughs> There's still time oh. to change your mind. Are you sure? I'm like, you're the pastor of my wedding. <laughs> of course I'm sure. What are you? I was insulted because he, I thought then that love was this feeling and I had, I had the feeling. Right. And I thought I would never not have the feeling. Right. And that anyone who lost the feeling either never had it to begin with or they just did it wrong. Right. But what he knew as a man who at that point had been married for 25 years, he knew what love really is. Right. And he knew what would be required of me as a husband from that day onward. And he wanted to make sure that I was sure, even though in that 30 second exchange, like, how do you have that conversation with a 20 year old whose mind isn't even fully developed? And so I, I said, yes, but I didn't know what he meant until years later when the feeling was gone. Right. And I still had to choose my wife and no one else. The vows say forsaking all others, be faithful to her as long as you both shall live. And when uh, you have to choose one another without the feeling mm-hmm. or even with other negative feelings, like you said before, right. sometimes it's just bad feelings. <laughs> but you still have to choose one another. You, you learn the lesson that love is a choice you get to make or not. That's where the rubber meets the road for masculinity and marriage is because the Bible calls men to love our wives as Christ loved the church, church, which is by definition, if you know what Christ did for us, it was not a feeling that led him to the cross and he did not feel very lovely when they were driving the nails through him and when they were laughing at him and stripping him naked and beating him and killing him. 
but he chose to love us as he laid down his life for us. And so what I would say to men, whether you're getting married or you you are married and it's, it's hard and you're considering divorce or, or maybe you've already made that decision and you're going through it or you've gone through it. You have to ask yourself in this moment, in this season that I'm in right now, what does it mean to love my family, my wife, my ex-wife, whatever, to love her as Christ loves the church and laid down his life for us, whether or not you feel it, you choose it. If you want to be like Jesus, you choose it. And that's what it means to be a man in the way of Jesus. And I think it's very important that you pointed out in this season, whether you're considering in the midst of or coming out of it. And folks, we're, we, we're here to walk with you on this path and we're, we're just really wanting to bring about this discussion and maybe open an eye, open an ear, soften a heart, as we were saying, and to help you maybe understand what it is masculinity to be a husband. And when we come back, we're going to talk about wives. So you guys stay tuned. Friends, I'm so glad that you're listening to the Divorce Coaching Hour. And there's something I want you to know. I really want you to hear this. I, as a divorce coach and the host of this show, don't advocate for divorce in general. Our goal is to glorify God first and foremost by helping you save your marriage. The fact of the matter is that there are times when a marriage can't be saved. I know, I've been there. And when it can't be saved, we want to walk alongside you through it. We want to help you pick up the fragments, put the pieces together, and help you stand strong and walk through divorce courageously. And I want to share something with you that may help. I'm on another show here on KKHT. I'm honored to be the wingman on Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendela, where each week, Richard and I talk about the intersection of our faith and the secular world, and together with interesting guests, We shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for Courageous Christianity. It's my belief that Courageous Christianity with Richard Mindelow can be another resource that you can turn to as you walk through this path of significant change in your life. So please join us. You can catch the show on this station, 100.7 FM KKHT, at 12 p.m. noon Central Time, Saturdays, and online at kkht.com as well. Hey, grab your lunch and join us for both shows back-to-back, 12 p.m. noon for Courageous Christianity and 1 p.m. for the Divorce Coaching Hour. You can also find all shows under podcasts under the Programs tab on kkht.com. Richard and I hope you'll listen in. As always, if you want to reach me, you can find me at thedivorcecoachinghour.com or call me at 281-944-8043. We are grateful for you joining us each week and for your support. Friends, we're back. It's the Divorce Coaching Hour, and we are having a very interesting discussion about masculinity with Pastor Eric Huffman from the Story Church here in Houston. And, you know, what I want you to hear, folks, is that this is not against men. Um, It's just really an exploration of a topic I think is important to discuss as it's relating to marriage and divorce. Yes, we're called the Divorce Coaching Hour, but ultimately what this show is to do is to help you uh, take this time in your life as you're potentially considering divorce. Maybe you're already filed the papers and you're going through it. Maybe you're coming out of it, but to move forward, Mm -hmm. rebuild in a healthy manner in your best self. And when we have topics that may be twisted, (laughs) i.e. masculinity. You hear the word toxic masculinity, the crisis in masculinity, radical feminism, 
and we don't know what that true north is that Pastor Eric was talking about, i.e. for us, that is the Bible, the word, um, Jesus Christ, then we are living based on what, you know, the Hallmark Channel says relationships are. And and we are all twisted. And so one of the things that I want to do with this show is just have a discussion as we are having about this. But also, I don't want you to hear that it's against men. Right. Really, it's the opposite. As a woman, um, I think there is that beautiful masculinity. And that beautiful masculinity comes from the Bible and that model of Jesus. But women, too, we've got it wrong. And it's, it's quite complex. And when the Bible says men love your wives, women respect your husbands. I don't know that women are doing such a great job. Mm, yeah. Pastor Eric, how, how would you say, and not to throw a question back at the end, <laughs> how would you, uh, how do you see that happening? And what happens if, 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 if I'm a woman listening to your show right now uh, and, and I'm married to some man who's just not living up to who he should be as a man, he's not being respectable. Right. What's your advice then? Wow. Um, probably we would need like four more segments to talk about. Right. Uh, but my top, my top thought goes to, and I'm glad you're asking me about it because it is an exploration. It is a, uh, I'm wondering about it is, um, so we would have to look at the different scenarios, right? So if this is a husband and wife couple and the husband is not so-called acting right, um, did did you do the right work to to get married, right? I mean, mm. are, is your marriage on that foundation of the word, um, uh, what the Bible says marriage yeah. is? And, and so are you just all of a sudden asking your husband to be somebody he never was? Mm. It's kind of where I'm going with it. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, you're married respect your husband and it gets complex because I'm just going to say too, in my marriage, there was infidelity Yeah, and there was a lot of uh, obfuscation (laughs) (laughs) and I didn't know what to do. And divorce got laid before me and here I am. Sure. And then how do you respect someone in that situation? Uh, I think it's a, it's a, it's a matter of interpretation. Do we look at that word and think of it as the world does, or do we look at that word and think of it as, as we might as Christians, like with love, when, when the Bible says husbands love your wives, it doesn't say love your wives when they're lovable yeah, or when good they point. deserve it. <laughs> good point. Cause a lot of times wives can be entirely no. unlovable. No, I know, no, not right? my wife. If no, no, honey, not you. But otherwise, generally, um, <laughs> it says love them anyway. And I think respect is the same way, but the, the trick is that love in the way of, of, of the Bible doesn't mean this sentimental soft oh i love you like it's it's deeper than that and love also not only affirms you but it calls you out yeah like and just like respect does like if you really respect somebody you respect them enough to be honest with them to tell them the truth about what you see in them and you respect them you respect that they will be able to take that and know that it comes from a good place right um that's what respect looks like in marriage and men, the, I, I agree with you a hundred percent in that when respect is lost in a marriage, yeah, it does get twisted almost like a death knell. Like some couples can come back from that and rebuild respect, right. 
But once a man feels like his wife has lost all respect for him, or even if it's deservedly so, um, and maybe vice versa, this works too. I'm speaking from a man's perspective. It's really hard to come back from yeah. that. That's why it's so important that love and respect are there. Well, I think it com- goes back to the model of Jesus. And so I'm, I'm always thinking about the listeners. And if the listeners out there, and we're, we're having this, this discussion that we're just exploring masculinity and, and this idea of toxic masculinity and not understanding masculinity and how it's affecting marriages and divorce. So if you're hearing this conversation, you're going, okay, I, I, I don't feel the respect in my marriage. Well, I'm guessing where's the place to go? Yeah. Look in the mirror. Maybe. Yeah. Go to the Bible. Go to that model of masculinity, Jesus. Right. And I talk to couples all the time about not relying on each other to get your cup filled. Right. So um, whatever respect or love you get from your spouse should be the icing on the cake. The cake being what you get from God. Yeah. You can't expect another to give you That's that. Right. right. That's right. And so you, you, you get your essentials from God and, and both of you do that. Uh, and then you uh, put the icing on each other's cake and, and take right. care of each other with love and respect. Um, but if we depend on the essentials um, on each other for the essentials, then we're setting our spouse. No, no spouse can do that forever. Right. That's an unrealistic expectation unreal. that leads yeah. to the resentment. Which is that, what you said. That's yeah, right. I would agree. And so I do think it's about going back to God. I also think it's about asking instead of what am I getting from this person? What have I given? What have mm. I given to this person? So not always about m- me, 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 I, I, I. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what happens is you think, well, my cup's empty because they haven't given me anything. So I have nothing right. to give them. How often do you hear this? Right. Right. And then some, some cutie comes along at the office and, and fills your cup. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's going to last. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> always. <laughs> but if your cup is filled by God. Right. In prayer and worship and your connection to God then everything you get from your spouse is on top of that. And even when you don't get anything back from your spouse, right. you have something to give right. because you get from God, not from them. It's not a transactional relationship Mm-mm. between husband and wife. And this even works in divorce. Yeah, absolutely. Because even in divorce, you are still husbands who are pursuing divorce or you've been divorced. You're still called to love your wife, right? even your ex-wife. Right. Wow. Like yeah. that's where it gets hard from a biblical perspective. You're still called wives to love, to, to, to respect your husbands, even your ex-husbands. And that's especially important when you consider the kids involved. Absolutely. And they, the future, yeah. the future of co-parenting and for their health, the that's children. Right. I mean, it can go on and on and on for years. And so obviously it's a complex twisted conversation, <laughs> right? I keep right. using that word, but it, it, it's, a messy it, world. it's a messy world, mm-hmm. but there are, as, as we go back to, um, the, the, the choices that we can make. And again, the intent of the show is to shed light on this topic. Uh, as you can hear folks, we could go for days and talk about this and explore mm-hmm. it. Right. Um, but right here, right now, you're hearing this show, you can, you can look at that model, Jesus Christ and go, okay, even if the marriage is going to end, how can I now be that model of masculinity, Jesus, uh, for the future and betterment of my family? Um, and even if it's years later, how can I do that? It's going to, it's, it's that choice, right? It's that choice. It's your thinking. And so, 
Uh, Pastor Eric, I just really appreciate you being with us and talking to us about this. Any final thoughts that you might have? Yeah, of course. I, I could, like you, talk about this for, for days because it's so important. And and even if you're, you've already been divorced and, and, and you're recovering from your divorce, it's still so important, this conversation, um, for you and your recovery. Because as, as you were saying, Christy, even in the tragedy of divorce, there's still an opportunity there. Yeah. For men in particular, for this conversation on masculinity, for right. men to step up and love their families well. Yeah. By choosing, for example, to never, ever disparage their ex-wife. Right. Their, their kid's mom, you know. Right mother of their children especially in front of their children and especially and, and that's a choice you can do things like praying for your ex wife yeah, absolutely in front of your children like for them to hear like they need to know you still love their mom right or you still love their dad and and you still pray for them and and you want the best for them and finally i would say um you know speaking of parenting and divorce I think most people who get divorced or consider divorced are parents at different stages. Um, dads and moms of little boys and, and, um, and girls, but especially since we're talking about masculinity, if you're raising boys and, and young men, you're going to face all kinds of pressure every day to raise them the same way that you were raised with all kinds of expectations, especially in three areas of life, because you've been told masculinity revolves around sports, sex, and success. Right. And that's part of the ways it's gone toxic. That's part of the reason it's gone twisted, masculinity. Because we've we've wrapped masculinity around those three axles of sex, success, and sports. And so you're going to measure your, your success as a parent, even in divorce. You're going to measure your success based on your son's baseball season, dating life who he's taking to prom you know uh where he's working after graduation or what school he's going the to things what of crazy, this world the things of this world and to that i think jesus would just look us in the eye and say who cares exactly who cares are you raising young men of character who are changing the game where masculinity is concerned the and model of jesus that's right into yeah. the model of jesus i think that's i think it's so beautiful uh, to change that thinking Obviously, some people have that, and that's how they're raising their boys. But yeah. I'm thank you for for bringing that about and that that picture of the model of masculinity, of Jesus. Uh, and you. you know, that's what we're here to do. We're here to walk with you on this path and to change your thinking. And so, hopefully, you've heard yeah. something that would change your thinking yeah. today. And. Um, so, Pastor Eric, thanks for being with us again. Thank you, Christy. And uh, if people want to find out how to reach you, how would they? Yeah, just uh, visit thestory.church and you'll find my church and sermons and all kinds of stuff. Awesome there. stuff. Yeah. YouTube as well. YouTube as well. That's right. <laughs> thestory.church, folks. Thank you for listening today. It's my prayer that this show helps you or someone in your life. I'm Christy Stratton, and I can't wait to be here with you each and every Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7. FMKKHT, The Word.